guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CPD Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lawrence Stone, and today we're joined by Dr. Brian Bloom. Dr. Brian Bloom grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales, where he initially completed his electric trade. Upon gaining entry to Griffith University, he made the move to the sunny Gold Coast, where Brian went on to graduate with a Master's of Dentistry in 2019, in which he achieved the Chancellor's Award of Academic Excellence. He works at Oasis Dental where he enjoys all aspects of general dentistry, although he has a passion for cosmetic dentistry and a unique interest in oral surgery. Dr. Brian Bloom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. So, that. tell us about your CPD journey so far and how your passion for cosmetic dentistry and oral surgery came to be. Um, CPD kicked off, um, I suppose, in the middle of COVID when we really didn't have any CPD to do. Everything was in lockdown. Um, I just graduated. I just got a job. And about two weeks after getting the job, I was told you've got to go back home again. So <laughs> that was a bit weird. Um, fortunately, um, through DPR, Derek Mahoney um, actually opened up his own free lockdown CPD. Um, and almost every day there was, there was a couple of hours of CPD just being released for free. Um, so as broad as that was, um, and in areas that I wasn't even interested in, I was just watching absolutely everything I could, taking lecture notes um, in the hope that maybe one day it could be useful and I could make use of courses that I'd normally spend money on. Um, so that, that was probably where I started my CPD journey. Um, right. The interest in oral surgery came from uni um, and starting off on wisdom teeth, trying to gear toward implants one day. Um, and I suppose just, I think social media is probably the biggest influence in terms of cosmetic work, uh, looking at everything that Oasis does, everything that, you know, people like Tony Rotondo do. And you, you can't not have an interest in, in being able to revamp someone's smile and change a life. Um, and then I, I was thrown, I got the job at Oasis Dental, um, where we, we do have a very heavy cosmetic focus that's supplemented with Invisalign and orthodontics um, to try and bring everything together for our patients. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about that lockdown part. I remember when we were going, I was going through that too. There were so many CPDs kind of coming all together. Did you kind of feel overwhelmed by like the daily amount of CPD that was going yeah. to webinars very, being produced? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, it was just the fact that I knew that, that Derek had already done so so many good little residencies um, that this is the person that's only going to get, you know, top-notch kind of speakers. So I just sort of tunnel vision at that, didn't look at anything else and just made notes on whatever I could. Um, mm. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, just even, I think he still has it available now. Um, it's not as comprehensive and not as much as available, but... Um, Simple things like photography courses, you know, knowing how to take actual good photos of, of your work, what kind of camera setup to buy as a new grad or, or as any dentist. Um, simple things like I hadn't been doing Invisalign just yet, um, but at the same time, they were talking about how to how to deal with, with um, issues that were coming through with Invisalign or things not tracking. 
it's all stuff that you you really want to know if other people in your practice are actually doing that kind of treatment yeah and then so after you went through all those webinars did you end up um going on to now like have you attended any hands-on ones or no look with, with everything that's happened um I, I just stuck to the local stuff that was still open. So I've gone to the ADA um, and, and in Bowen Hills and done their cone beam um, course, which mm-hmm. is very helpful. We do have a cone beam at work. Um, and other than that, uh, Invisalign, which is yeah. now done all online. So I guess you can, the only benefit of this is you can save yourself all the money associated with travel and yeah. accommodation and everything else. Yeah. Um, you get to network as well um, or, or learn from your peers. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it, it is still quite helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of pushed everyone toward a digital sort of way of doing things where we can just sort of send someone a message on online and get a reply back and get some sort of help with treatment. Um, so I, I yeah. found that to be quite good. So Invisalign at the moment and then the cone beam course and yeah, see where we go from there. Yeah. I mean, I know at your, your workplace, particularly, you guys have regular team meetings and education. Part of One of the reasons why we have to move it to pre-recording as well was for that. I mean, how's that been like at your workplace? It's it's honestly the best. It's like a blessing um, that we can still do that because it's, it's almost its own CPD um, in a time of lockdown, everything else we can still put masks on and we can still go to our place of work and, and have a meeting there. Um, almost like a normal work day. Um, it, it's actually really good. We do uh, an Invisalign um, study club, um, which is generally hosted um, with Barat um, and uh, the local uh, Invisalign rep. And just going through um, updates from Invisalign's end and then working through cases together. Um, aside from that, there's the normal team meetings that you know every workplace goes through um, just to try and keep on top of things. But then running through cases, um, shortfalls that people have had, um, how to remedy it, um, and just sort of working through, and and I suppose learning from one another's mistakes um, has Mm -hmm. been fantastic, but also bringing the practice together so that no one is really an individual um, sort of, I suppose, uh, entity, that everyone's a cog in the wheel. Um, Even simple things like uh, referring within the practice to one another, having making sure that the patient is fully aware before they go to a, to our implant surgeon, Andrew, um, what their options are. They've talked about everything. They know why they're going there. And, and just sort of, uh, I suppose, streamlining um, our care more than anything else. Um, but that, that's from a practice perspective, it's obviously the partners would wanna do that. From our perspective, we're learning how to all integrate together and how to deliver treatment options to a patient where they're willing to go ahead, where there's no confusion and we can give comprehensive care at every step of the line. It's almost like us working with specialists like we do every day through our referrals. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting point to have a program to have because a lot of times we would attend a weekend course and then there's no follow-up in it, but you've actually got a study club within the practice that teaches you and then goes through the process with you to make sure you, you know, run out or smooth out all the edges and all the bumps along the way. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's what you want to be doing. And, and the more that you can do that, the more you can, I suppose, have a practice all on the same page. And if that's happening, then the patient, it's almost like if you go to a good hairdresser, and you know you can walk in there and go to anyone and it's going to be good. And that's that's what you want, I suppose, create for your patients at the end of the day. And 
not only that, we're all learning along the way behind the scenes um, from from people like Brad, who's literally one of the best dentists in the world, as far as I think most people are concerned. Um, <laughs> and that that in itself, being able to just sort of, I know I know a lot of grads are always asking for mentorship, and they even go so far as to get it written into their contract. But forcing people into that, I don't think is ever going to work um, mm-hmm. so much as having you know uh dr niall quigley behind me as well um and all these fantastic dentists that i can just turn around and go i have this that's just happened in my room how would you manage that i have this coming in tomorrow what would you do here just having that that open communication being able to ask questions of senior dentists um is really good in i suppose in a new grad journey um having something ironclad written into a contract is not is not going to get anyone keen to really help you i suppose yeah yeah I mean, I, I saw you had some pretty interesting rubber dam skills. You were able to rubber dam clamp two contralateral molars at the same time at one point? Yeah. <laughs> you, you watch Brat enough and you, you learn a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the CPDs, that, um, what's been your, a game changer for your dentistry today? Um, I, think, I think mentoring and, and just sort of watching is invaluable. Um, for anyone, there's always going to be someone that has more experience that's had all the same issues and finding someone that is willing to impart that knowledge rather than hoard it as though you're their direct competition um, is massive. I can go and watch the, the partners of my practice any day of the week and they'll explain things to me every step of the way. I think that is extremely important. Um, but I think the, the biggest sort of changes have just been like as as I suppose reduced as the experience that I have with CPD so far is literally just having all these online sort of lectures um, and, uh, and and Invisalign do their follow-up little workshops and whatnot after you've done the training where you can discuss things. Um, but I I guess that and, and the other one would probably be the fact that we now have the Invisalign study club where of an evening once a week or once every two weeks um, Aside from that study club, we also have uh, direct mentoring. Um, should you choose to take it on for more difficult cases, you bring the case to the individual mentoring um, and we'll all do a Zoom meeting, we'll present the case and we'll run through it um, with shared screens, the exact thinking process behind every movement, every planned action through Invisalign. And being able to do that and understand the thinking rather than this is the before, this is the after and you just do that and everything will work as long as you do that. That teaches no one anything. And mm. I think the most important thing for anyone is asking questions and, okay, you did this, but why did you do that? That's right. And, yeah. and finding the, the understanding behind it, only then will it sort of embed into your knowledge. Mm-hmm. So and then learning from other people's mistakes as well on the way. Hey, so you don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it, mm. I only just put up um, recently on, on my Instagram like a before and an after of a single veneer and the amount of conversations I had with different dentists in the practice to get that right and what level to prep to and how deep to prep and everything else. And it's a good result. And it looks all nice on social media, but that was multiple sort of hours of like discussing and then looking online and, and all these kind of things. And I suppose I've, I've never walked into a, a procedure blind if, if you know what you're going to do, go and do a bit of background research, have an idea of what you're doing. I remember the first time I did my, my first Zoom bleaching appointment, I read the manual back to front 
I watched online tutorials on YouTube and by the time it came, it was all pretty logical what to do, but just prep, I think is everything. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's an interesting point to take away because a lot of times when we're going through uni and then we're looking on the outside and we're looking at how other dentists are doing or posting that, you're thinking there's probably they're just they're just talented. But actually, what you're saying is there's a lot of hard work and preparation behind it in the lead up to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're completely right. That's exactly what's required. You know, we got taught how many lectures before you did your first crown prep. <laughs> And and this is yeah, you know, it's just a it's just a simple crown prep that I did in this case, but it's it, there's so much more involved, and there's so much more you can you can read and 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 research in the background prior to doing anything that can prepare you. And I suppose that in itself is something that I've heard David Atia say it. I've heard Dean Lysenblatt say you got to crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. And if I went and did a, an implant course right now, yeah, I've done heaps of wisdom teeth, but there would be no benefit to me doing that unless I start with the basics and and know the theory behind it. Do your first bit, go from the walking to then eventually the running. So <laughs> foundations, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. So you actually did some oral, um, you were an OHT at one point, were you? I did my, my first year as an OHT here down in Newcastle um, as a stepping stone. Um, because I was not ready for uni um, with my grades from high school uh, to, to go to uni, but I was able to get into uh, a Bachelor of Arts, funnily enough. Spent a yeah. year doing every single oral therapy course I could um, that they would allow me to within the program because it's quite broad. Um, yes. And that allowed me to transfer into therapy, did a year of therapy and got my grades up enough to transfer into, into dentistry on the coast. Wow, there you go. And, you know, takeawaying from that, from what you could see, um, was there any overlaps that you felt like you could, that might have helped in, you know, CPD in your dentistry career today? I think in first year, you always take away um, the, the basic anatomy and everything else like that. Um, but patient communication is probably one of the most important things. It doesn't matter how good of a dentist you are at the end of the day if your communication is not there. You'll only ever do simple procedures because people will only ever see you for simple things. Um, yeah. So communication is everything. I think that's probably the most transferable thing um, mm -hmm. that, I, that I took away from that. Well, one of the interesting parts is like some of the things that we might be doing is more wants-based um, uh, versus what's uh, needed-based. What's your take on that? I think that would be the biggest, the biggest comparison there would be between public and private. Um, and I suppose in public, people are there for needs, pain, um, and there's obviously the biggest motivator, chips and things like that, um, versus private where people are coming there for wants, they want veneers, they want white teeth. I suppose the biggest hurdle to overcome is, again, the communication is the cornerstone and, and the foundation of everything, being able to get your patient to understand that we need to lay a good foundation to be able to do good dentistry afterwards. Your veneers are not gonna work with perio, like <laughs> the basics that we all know. So I, I think that answers what you're Yeah, asking. and I guess it's kind of like, you know, if you know a single tooth restoration uh, or, um, you know, whether it be a crown or something like that versus a full mouth kind of 
you're needing veneers to kind of set it um, all back in form, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And I think that in itself um, is is so fundamental to any cosmetic work because your patient, and you see this time and time again, you replace that one crown that they've been looking at this whole time, but all that does is redirect their attention to everything else that's now wrong because they're now so focused on their smile and they're looking at the mirror about five millimetres away from it, you know, and and so you, we have to, I suppose, treat our patients from a holistic perspective and redirecting them to once you know that once that bit's sorted, then we've got to go to this as well. And you've got to look at everything as a whole in order to treat the patient properly and have things that will actually last and dentistry that will last. And again, the, the want is to fix one problem and the patient has the blinders on. Um, we need to actually open their eyes to everything else. And photography is so important. They're being able to blow up an image of their teeth and getting them, giving them the pointer and saying, what do you see as a problem? And can you see how this could also be a problem if we do that? Mm, yeah. Has there been any particular CPD that you didn't feel that you implemented or was not as beneficial for you at the time and you would do differently next time? Um, again, I suppose um, all of Derek Mahoney's things, um, there was a lot of stuff there that I watched almost everything. I think it's that that crawl before you walk, walk before you run again, um, because I, I was watching implant stuff that's absolutely no use to me right now. I have no understanding of that. Um, watching uh, sleep, uh, like obstructive sleep apnea lectures um, with, with no fundamental understanding of thing, things like that. So I suppose mm. really having those basics, um, there, were, there were courses where I, you know, did the, the very basic sort of uh, getting the right start to oral surgery that Sue Weong did um, in, in Derek stuff. And that's good. That's teaching you about like looking at not just an extraction, but what follows the extraction, but there's, there's a lot of um, things where you can get distracted easily. And some of the best advice I ever got was trying to uh, not specialize in everything all at once, find one or two interests and focus on those um, for anywhere from three to five years, absolutely nail those before moving on to anything else. Otherwise you'll end up a jack of uh, all trades and a master of none. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, who has been pivotal in your career path and why? Um, I, I probably have to give that credit to a few people. Brat comes first and then everyone else that I really work with. Um, pivotal because of the motivation, the drive, the passion that he has for it um, and the, the complete willingness to teach others what he knows. Um, I can spend a day with him and have uh, almost a hands-on veneer course um, explained step-by-step step to me um, and just learning bit by bit. And if I went and did a veneer course without having done too many cases, again, a lot of it would go over your head as opposed to doing a lot of veneers and then you do the course and then it all kind of fits together really well. But just being able to stand behind him and learning little bits along the way and then it slowly pieces together um, and his, his knowledge is broad across sort of every facet. So I'm learning anything from bonding to preparations, um, rubber dam, um, just, just everything. So I could go in any day that I've got a problem or before a, a case, watch him do it and, and go from there. So he's probably been the most pivotal. Um, mm -hmm. And even in CPD direction, 
sort of giving that advice of, yeah, you can spend forever on PubMed to find one bit of information, or you can just go and get a prosthodontic textbook. Um, Invisalign that I've been doing at the moment, Invisalign itself training is two days and you can't really pick up as much as you need to be able to comprehensively do Invisalign. But then he's directed me toward clear aligner textbooks and you know, you, you open a textbook and how often are you really going to read it cover to cover versus make short notes, turn that textbook into lecture slides like our lecturers did. And I, I just go back and reread that and reread my own notes that I've taken on lectures and online webinars, Zoom meetings, um, going from there. And, and I suppose for new grads, that's one of the most important things that I've found is that if you're actually doing a Zoom meeting, if you're doing a webinar, if you're getting that mentorship, write it all down. Like I'll spend that day with Brat and I will have my phone out every three seconds writing notes upon notes upon notes, going home, summarizing it, writing it all up, and then I can always reference it. Otherwise, there's not really any benefit. We're not going to learn anything that we just sort of get overwhelmed with verbally in one day. Mm. That's a good point to take. You know, any time you're learning something new, have it right written down, and then after that, consolidate it all. So then you're really actively trying to uh, learn what you've basically been taught. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's the same thing that I'm sure most people do. And you go to CPD, you pull out your laptop, and away you go. Mm. But a lot of times they kind of just close it, and then they just forget about it. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have there been any particular struggles that you've had in your CPD journey so far that some of our viewers might not know about? Um, I think I think the biggest struggle is is just the the COVID stuff at the moment. You can't do the CPD you want to do. Um, it's not accessible. Um, and, and that's probably the hardest thing. Um, I think, and I haven't really encountered it that much yet, but I'm fully aware that the, some of the biggest pitfalls are knowing what CPD is good. So talking to people that have done it, have done the course, I suppose would be a good starting point. Um, knowing what's good value for money and just because it costs a lot of money doesn't mean it's gonna be good um, and, that, and that kind of thing. And comprehensive courses, I suppose um, reading between the lines as well, um, there's a couple of courses um, regarding implants and whatnot that I've put to Andrew and he said, like, if you actually look at the, the curriculum, there's a lot of buzzwords there, but it doesn't really seem to teach you too much. So paying close attention to the fine print and what's actually being taught, whether it's actually what you want to get out of it. Um, I think that's, that's probably the biggest things to be aware of the pitfalls. Mm. What's a bad day for you at work? Procedures taking longer than they need to, if I'm yeah. honest, because I think everyone everyone says dentistry is stressful, and it is. But if you took away the time constraint, what what would ever really be stressful? It's the fact that we've we've, we've booked two hours for something we thought was going to take maybe an hour and a half, and now it's running to three hours, and now you've got people in the waiting room, and it's just that constant. It's that person standing behind you in the line at, at Woolies that is standing way too close because they want to get out. It's just that constant urgency. So I think, I think time management um, is the biggest thing and, and nailing that is going to lead to a less stressful day. But the days that I run over, they're probably, they're the rough days. Mm. Yeah, when th things just keep piling on top of each other, it's just like a cumulative effect, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And then your lunch is short. <laughs> Yes. And then that pile on, you don't get to unwind at all. You get a five minute bite to eat and you're back into it. And... <laughs> so, what's your ideal clinical day look like? The type of procedures you might be getting up to? 
ideal clinical is um, sort of the things that you you want to be doing, um, or at least a breakup. So if I've got a couple Invisalign patients throughout the day, if I've got some surgical cases, um, having some wisdom teeth. Um, so that that stuff, I think the things that I enjoy the most, um, and obviously Invisalign is is related to all of your restorative and your cosmetic work. So gearing toward doing procedures that gear toward where I want to be in the future um, are probably the best. And I think just a breakup. If I see a day of new patient exams or if I see a day of just fillings, they're the days that you sort of go getting a little bit monotonous. So <laughs> having having a bit of a breakup throughout the day, I think I find best and sort of mixing it up, not, not doing the same thing all day. Mm, so where do you want your ideal clinical day or non-clinical day to look like in five years' time? And what kind of CPD do you want to do to kind of get to that point? Ideally, um, more cosmetic work um, in the books um, and more Invisalign in the books. Uh, I think that's sort of where I'm gearing the most toward at the moment. Um, and then slowly beginning to, at that point, I think I'd be at a point where I, I could be starting to do more implants. Um, in terms of what that looks like and what CPD to do there, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on CPD junkie trying to find some good courses. <laughs> <laughs> now that's fair enough. Is there, is there any one particular course that kind of stands out to you um, or you've got your eyes on that was pre, you know, COVID um, that you want to consider post after COVID? Well, after this lockdown, all, all the borders open up again? Yeah, look, the, the gurus of implantology have all gone to Frankfurt and done that master's course there. So that was definitely where I had my sights on to begin with. Um, and I know that the IAA dental co uh, implant courses around here as well um, mm. in Australia are available. So those are probably the two that I'd be gearing toward. But yeah, who, who knows what that'll look like, I guess, in the future. Yeah. And, and so the implants is kind of more where you want to go in the long term, whereas in the medium term, it's more of the veneers, the, the cosmetic kind of dentistry that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. look, without, I, I really want to solidify my, and, and just sort of that, that whole sort of concept of sticking with one or two things. So I really want to solidify my Invisalign knowledge before um, moving more down that, that cosmetic route where I can use it to just supplement um, cosmetic work in the future and doing you know full arch cases and full mouth rehab and all of that stuff that can then be supplemented again if you can perform implants then you can give your patient comprehensive treatment you can do that full mouth rehab and i think moving into the future um it's probably beyond the five-year mark but full mouth rehab in the future it, as well as implants and um cosmetic work is probably what i'd like my ideal days to look like Mm. Well, Dr. Brian Bloom, thank you for coming on the show today. If you could let the people know how they can find you or what you've got going on in your life. You can find me on the Gold Coast. Um, at the moment, um, you'll find me uh, mostly around the house doing all sorts of renovation work. We've got um, all sorts of uh, downlights over here hanging from the ceiling, um, <laughs> all sorts of things. We're painting the house, doing a lot of renovations. So around the house doing some work, using my electrical trade um, to help me out there. Um, other than that, you'll find me at the beach with my little French bulldog who is currently asleep on the couch. You can see him there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and doing exactly what I said. I've, I've been doing read those textbooks um, and, and try and learn the best I can from home where you can just order a textbook to your house and start learning. <laughs>
<laughs> and what are some of those textbooks that you're reading right now? At the moment, um, one of them is a clear aligner uh, technique um, by Sandra Tai, um, and just finished that. So I'm going to move on to um, Prosthodontics. Oh, I can't remember the exact name of it. Uh, it's on its way anyway. Uh, Prosthodontic um, guide, but again, another one that Brat recommended. So just sort of keep asking him what I suppose, and you can exactly what you guys are doing through the CPD at the moment. You just ask other people what their journey was. I asked Brad, I asked the other guys what they've done and kind of follow in those footsteps, find what works for you. If you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.